On this episode of the Podcast Collection, we have Chad Hanlon and Brett Burke. I met with them at uh, WP Radio Live uh, at the Claims Conference. It's a great interview, guys. Sit back, relax. You're going to love it. They're great guys. Pretty insightful. They've got some funny stories to tell. Just uh, enjoy the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Don't forget, on March 12th, Leafs are playing the Nashville Predators. And if you want a pair of the tickets, email Kieran at Doherty664.com and try and be on our trivia show, which is happening at the end of this month. It's Terry Doherty from uh, WP Radio. We're live at the MTCC for the 2020 Claims Conference, and we have Xperia ESM on with us right now. We've got Brent Burke and Chad Hanlon. Uh, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us, Terry. Uh, um, Brent, uh, for those people that don't know anything about uh, Xperia or ESM, uh, get maybe one or both of you to tell me about uh, the company, where you guys came from, and uh, and how you came to be uh, part of the SCM group of companies. Sure. So uh, Xperia has been uh, part of the SCM group of companies for the last four years after a uh, rebrand. Uh, we're the largest investigation company in Canada, uh, 23 offices nationally, uh, 400 investigators on the road. Uh, we are part of the SCM group, uh, and we have two brands, Xperra, which is the investigation division, uh, and ESM, which is uh, emergency security management, uh, our emergency response security that works on property claims, large losses, complex claims on the property side. So the ESM side is really the security guards on site that are noting people coming on and off sites uh, when it's uh, locked down for one or more reasons. That's correct. So we, we provide uh, emergency response security, uh, perimeter security, uniform guards. We also provide uh, login, uh, ingress and egress, uh, clerking services, fire watch, uh, and basically manage, uh, manage the control of the site. Oh, fire watch is interesting. We'll come back to that because that's uh, something our, some of our vendors should be doing is having a fire watch after they do some work and not leaving the site unattended to then come back to find the building they worked on burned to the ground. Um, so we'll get back to that, but let's talk about Xperia. So Xperia is the largest investigative company in Canada? Yeah, that's correct, Terry. Uh, we have, uh, as Brett said, 23 offices. We're coast to coast from Halifax to BC. Uh, and with that, uh, all the investigators, um, each branch has manager and, um, you know, anything from insurance to... Uh, to corporate. Yeah, uh, we you guys do personal security on. as well. Yes, so executive protection. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that on anything from, you know, a high risk. So somebody gets terminated, uh, they want to make sure that that person's doing the right thing, you know, not uh, not going off the rails. So we'll either put surveillance on, on that individual or uh, provide security for the... Uh, for the location. For the business they just yeah. got terminated from. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, you do more than just surveillance though. I mean, I've used you guys personally and you guys have some really cool new stuff that's out. I'm not sure if you guys are involved with it, but it's the, uh, it's the video imaging, the, uh, the side imaging and the things that, I mean, they're pretty exciting for me. I used you guys on a couple of cases recently and uh, it's, you know, it's it's really amazing stuff. You're looking at imaging and you're building and blowing up stuff and making images just so much clearer. It's unbelievable. So can we talk about that technology? Yeah, so it's uh, XFIS, so uh, Xperia Forensic Imaging Service. Uh, so what we do is we take the data and we'll enhance it. So if you've got a license plate, you can only see a few things from the side. We can enhance it with, with the data. We can blow it up. We can turn it. Uh, if you've got somebody that 
on, on the camera and, and they're holding, for example, a pop can. I was just about to say that because that's one of the things I saw. You yeah. were able to give me the person's height because we of what they give, were holding. Yeah, we can give you the height. Uh, and we've had situations like that where we've had a break-in uh, at, a, at a corporation. They had it down to two people. Uh, but the one person was taller than the other, but he was hunched over wearing all black clothing. So with that, he had a crowbar in his hand and we figured the size of the crowbar and based on that, uh, figured his height. Well, that's pretty incredible technology. And from what I remember, you guys are the only ones licensed to have it in Canada at this time, right? Yeah, we're the first uh, first company in Canada to get a uh, corporate license. Uh, our Our specialist internally is the first investigator licensed in Canada to to actually provide the technology and, and back it up legally. Um, we've done some interesting claims, like, as Chad said, uh, imaging-wise with height, but we've also done some slip and fall claims where we've zoomed in uh, on CCTV camera to prove that an individual didn't slip and fall, actually twisted an ankle, as an example, um, to give clarity to the situation. So. So they actually, it was just, uh, they were the author of their own misfortune as opposed to slipped on a grape or some fruit or whatever it was. Correct. And that's one of the best examples that we have. We didn't actually have the camera on the individual or on that particular spot. It actually was bounced off a mirror. So it was, uh, it was an angle that we had from a mirror. We locked in on a certain location to prove that there was no water there all day. And this person was saying they slipped uh, on water. It was wow. a retail. Uh, retail. That's pretty incredible. So there's more to Xfair than XFIA or XFIS. There's uh, there's your you've got your surveillance, but you've also got uh, your open search uh, group, right? I mean, uh, I was just at a recent presentation that was put on uh, by Xpera and a law firm, and um, you guys talked about open search material, and I think that's really interesting. OSI, open search investigations, right? OSINT, uh, yeah. Open Source Intelligence, and there that's basically scouring the, the web for anything we can find on an individual and for each different uh, project. So if it's one where, you know, bring it back to the high-risk termination, if we're looking to see if this person made some recent purchases, uh, that's going to affect how they react given the news that they no longer have a job. So that's one way. Uh, and, and we also do anything from... Uh, you know, you've, you've got somebody who might be on a hockey team and they're claiming they've got a uh, sore back. Yeah, so we can, you know, meet them at an event rather than wait for them to get there. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And the, the open source uh, really lends into the investigation piece as well as a, as a starting point where when we get bits of information, we use open source to, to verify uh, the data that's given to us, names, addresses, photos uh, that we can find online, which in turn can help a surveillance file. And we're talking more than just uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're talking all sorts of things, right? You guys, uh, I mean, when I was, I thought I knew a little bit about open source, and then I went to this seminar and realized I knew nothing. Um, and it kind of changed how I even look at my files on stuff. I mean, it was really eye-opening. I mean, open source is really open source on the internet, right? There's just so many things yeah, correct. And there's something called metadata. So in pictures, you can actually find locations. You can find information within information. So, you know, the guys that we use, they're, they're well-trained. Uh, that's their full-time job is just doing this. So we, we try and find as much as we can uh, based on demographic. So Facebook is not something for the young generation anymore. No. Uh, 
Uh, we're dealing with Instagram on that. So you're right, there's more than Instagram and Facebook, but that always, you know, anything from Kijiji as well, Brett's right, but it's a, basically a bread, uh, breadcrumb path. And, uh, you know, we, we try and find, you know, as an investigation uh, mindset, you, you go from one to the next. So if you've got a family member who might know that person, you know, you kind of go in that way as well. It's so. building the jigsaw puzzle. It's a big puzzle, yeah. Right. And, uh, and I find that great. I mean, I've, I, like I said, I've used Xperia. I've used ESM uh, in my past parts of my adjusting career um, with the companies. Um, but I'm not sure everybody really knows what, what you guys really do, right? So that's why I wanted you guys on the podcast. People to kind of understand you're just not more than people that are driving around doing surveillance, right? And, and that's what people think, right? When they think about surveillance companies or investigation companies, they don't think about all the other aspects that go with it. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. I mean, when I get, when I've had stuff come from you guys, it's the background information that you provide on the subject is incredible. Yeah, our job is really, you know, from an investigation side, our job is, is gathering that data for our clients, uh, putting it in front of them so that they can make uh, an informed decision and an opinion on a claim, for example. Uh, we, as investigators, we don't provide opinions. We provide information to, make, to let you make an opinion on, on it. Yeah, um, so let's talk about the surveillance piece because, I mean, that is probably the bread and butter of your guys, what you do at Xperia. Um, so you have 450 investigators on the road. That's a lot of people. Yeah, we have uh, we have over 400 investigators on the road. Uh, I think that's one thing that differentiates us uh, as a company is that we can really fit uh, the investigator to the subject. Uh, we, we hire a diverse uh, background of investigators, male and female, uh, you know, to fit uh, who we're who we're after as far as a subject. So when we can fit the investigator to the subject, it really gives us a better chance um, at gathering quality information. And uh, are you, is there certain rules and regulations with regards to gathering this information as far as where you can go, what you can, when you can do surveillance and when you can't? I mean, I know just from past dealing with claims, but for the people that don't know or people that have never requested surveillance and they make these assumptions, well, you know, I can follow you into uh, into a funeral, or I can do this, or I can do that. That there's certain rules and regulations that I think you guys are bound by, correct? Yeah. So we're we're obviously we're very highly regulated uh, through the Privacy Act and through PEPIDA uh, in Canada on what we can and cannot do. So everything that we do obviously has to be above board uh, with within the rules of of PEPIDA um, with expect, expectations to privacy um, for in the general sense. Once you leave your front door of your house that we're allowed then to, to videotape. As long as that we are on a file, we can't, you know, we, we're bound by working on a file. What do you mean by that? Would you just, do they just, is there been cases where people are just driving around following people? Like, how does that come about? Well, the difference between having a license and not is, uh, you know, working a file, investigating, or stalking, really. Oh, okay. So anything, that's, that's a great differentiator. Right. All right. I never even thought of it that way. So, so yeah. without, without that, uh, you know, you're hired, you're, you're acting as an agent of, you know, you're, you're doing uh, right to a wrong that has already been done. So somebody breached a contract, you're trying to find the information based on their, um, 
based on their preconceived notion or their idea that maybe this person isn't as injured as they, uh, they say they are. And, and sometimes it just sets their mind at, at ease that if we find them and they're actually limping and they're actually hurt, then uh, you know, that works too. So we're never out there trying to set a preconceived notion. Uh, we're just gathering the truth. You're just fact finders. That's it. Yep. So, um, but tell me about the do's and don'ts. What are you allowed to do when you said as soon as they cross the threshold of their front door, it's basically a go. You can record them. Is there places that you typically won't or don't video people? And I don't mean in their bathroom, that kind of stuff. I mean, but just in general. And I did bring up funeral because I know there's been people that have videotaped funerals and it's, it's meant to be a no-no. Yeah, that's something that would come down to, you know, a decision made by the client. You know, typically that's something that would be discussed uh, up front um, and a decision would be mutually made. You know, a lot of times we wouldn't go into a place of worship, for example, uh, church, mosque, um, you know, as to someone in general public going to, to mass. Um, but everything else, you know, when they're doing about their daily business and we can see them and we can videotape them, then it's, we're good. What about vacation? What about the guy that's claiming he's hurt and the next thing you know, he's putting luggage in the trunk of his car and he's heading towards the airport? What do you do then? Yeah, and we've, we've done those files where we've actually sent, you know, sent investigators you know, on vacation with, with people down south or we, we call our, our partners in the U.S., for example, and, and we, we pick it up. So, uh, I mean, the one with going on vacation, um, so they're going on a pretty... They're going on a, an all-inclusive trip for a week, your investigator. Are you guys ready for that? Is that something you guys prepare for? Like, do you have go bags and be ready to go? Absolutely. Our guys are, are ready to go, um, you know, for those scenarios, especially go bags for gym scenarios where, you know, someone may go in to be good light fitness. Oh. You know, they, they would have a, a gym bag in their trunk. They go in and get a one-day membership or, you know, a, a free trial, and they would partake in maybe a, a class or two and, and – Get some evidence there. A little spin class video? Correct, yeah. We've, we've done a couple of those. Oh, wow. I never even thought about that. So that's, uh, let's talk about the funny places you guys have done surveillance. I mean, I don't need to know names and file numbers, but just uh, if you guys have any off the top of your head that you can think of, uh, places you've gone that you just didn't expect to go. Well, there's really no place we don't expect to go. We, we're going to go wherever the, wherever the subject goes. If we've got to follow them to the grocery store... If we've got to follow them in, you know, Black Friday is a great, uh, a great time. That's when you're going to get people lifting TVs. Like, there's no problem with their back at that point. Uh, all those kinds of events, uh, we're looking for opportunities. Basically, if we can get them out and active, that's, that's how we measure success. And uh, ski trips, those kind of things, right? Sports, sporting events? Anything like that, yes. As I said uh, earlier, they're fair game if they're breaching their contract. Um, we're, we're allowed to, uh, you know, gather the evidence wherever they are in public. We're not going to peer over backyards, uh, peer over fences into backyards or anything like that, but anything the public will see uh, is fair game. So what about putting a drone in the air if they're playing baseball during the day? Is, that, do you, is drones in your purview at this point, or is there, is there some rules, or are we, are we breaching that threshold soon? Yeah, so that's, that's talked about a lot in our industry is, is use of drones and... and as far as we know, drones have never been tested in court yet uh, from a way of gathering evidence. Um, the, problem with, the problem with drones from a surveillance example is it might be hard to identify an individual on camera if you're looking from 
above. No, but I'm just wondering if you had a video camera going of them sitting in a bench and then putting a drone above them, just showing their movement. I'm just wondering. You guys don't. You haven't done it yet, right? No, we don't. We haven't been involved in that to this point. Uh, drones can be used in in other investigation matters, uh, but as far as doing one-on-one -on -one surveillance of a subject, uh, it hasn't been something that that's been utilized. So I, I asked this and it, it turned out to be a, not maybe a stupid question, but maybe a question people want to know. What about trackers? Are you allowed to put a tracker on somebody's car? The answer is no. Uh, if it's a personal vehicle, uh, if it's a part of a fleet, then chances are they have a GPS on there already. Oh, okay. So what we'll do and what we have done in the past is we will uh, go out and collect video so we can cross-reference with the historical data from the GPS that's on their fleet vehicle. So we've had situations where they say this person, uh, their car's been dormant for 12 hours on a regular basis, you know, on Mondays. Uh, we'll go out and we'll see that it's at his house and he's in the back building something. So we can then, depending on what vantage point we have, capture the evidence and cross-reference that with what they already thought was true. That Their commercial basically, GPS data. He was not working, yeah. Is there a rule that says you're not allowed to put a tracker on a car, or is this just uh, an Xperia thing? You definitely can't put a tracker on anybody's personal vehicle. Okay. Um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, I'm sure you have to have some type of warrant then. I guess it must be a criminal matter that allows you to do so. Is that the... That is a warrant you would have to obtain, and they're not easy to get. Uh, even the police, uh, they would have to go through the same... Uh, the same steps to get on. Yeah, I just didn't know. I just thought, hey, you know, if you're tracking somebody and they're going to try and evade you, throw a tracker on them, you can get them when you, you know, it's it's done in the movies. I'm just yeah. wondering if it's done in reality, right? No, that would definitely make it easier. It sure, sure would. Yeah. Um, what about the old uh, knocking on the door, pretending to be the pizza delivery guy to confirm their home? Are you allowed to do that? Is that, I mean, I hear all these stories from days of old. Well, we, we will have, uh, you know, we'll do a pre-surveillance where we might do a, Proof of life check, uh, make sure that they're there, make sure that, you know, if the curtain's moved, if there's fresh uh, tracks in the snow, that kind of thing. Uh, when it comes to insurance, we don't really want to interact with the client at all. And so it's because they've already lawyered up at that point. It's so you hands don't wanna, off. Yeah, you don't want to uh, jeopardize the, the case in any way. All right. And uh, continuity of evidence, how does that maintain? Do you, you prepare a report? It's, again, video, it's uh, photos. Uh, how does that all get done? Yeah, so a typical surveillance report would be we'd obtain uh, video evidence, uh, which would then go into to a report. Uh, everything would be sent as a package court ready basically for the client. Um, it's a legal document basically at that time where they can, you know, they can take it as as they wish as part of the claim. And you guys are available and do testify in trial that, you know, this was the evidence I saw, I saw him doing this and the X and movements. That's right. Our, our investigators will, uh, will go to court, testify uh, as needed. Uh, in the insurance space, uh, the number of files we do, not a lot will get, uh, go the distance to trial uh, on, as a, on average. But when the ones that do, we're, we're ready to go and back up our, our findings. Okay, um, let's talk about, you guys brought up something right at the beginning. I said, we'll talk about it at the end. I forget what it is. Do you remember what it was? Firewatch. Firewatch. So Firewatch, um, tell me about that. That's, uh, that's something I didn't know you guys even did. Yeah, so as part of our security services with our ESM brand, it's, it's actually uh, 
something that may be mandated by the fire marshal um, after a loss. So if, if the water systems, the alarms are down, if the power is off in a building, uh, a lot of times you, it's mandated that there's a fire watch. So basically we are taking over the alarm. Uh, okay, so I was thinking of fire watch from a different perspective. I was thinking of it when uh, a plumber goes in and does some work on some pipes and they're using a blowtorch to heat the pipes up, they have to for a period of time until the pipes cool down and have a fire watch there to make sure the building doesn't burn down. That's what I was, so you're going in after you've burnt the, not you, but they've burnt the building down or the building's burnt down. So it's, it's fire watch on the backside, not on the front side. Correct, yeah. We All right, so no I'm glad we clarified there. Yeah, yeah. So it's to make sure it doesn't spark back up and if it does, you can then call the appropriate authorities to come out and deal with that issue. Right, another thing that differentiates us on the security side is uh, a system called SMS that we have right now. Uh, I'm gonna get Brett to speak to it more. He has more experience with that. So we just launched uh, SMS, which is a site management software. Uh, what it is is really a clerking software that allows us to digitally track the ingress and egress uh, of people coming on and off the site. Uh, so in a large loss project, you have uh, you know, a general contractor and, and maybe multiple subtrades coming and going working on the project. They come in, they sign in at our desk uh, on an iPad-based system, name, email, company. Uh, they're printed a badge with a photo on the spot along with uh, a code, like a URL, or not a URL, but a uh, QR code. Uh, and that is their badge for the site. So every day they come in, they can log in and out, iPad-based. It goes into an Excel spreadsheet. The client gets that on a weekly basis. So it's, it's the old uh, handwriting turned into a digital and much more usable and user-friendly that's document. right. I mean, traditionally, when we do the clerking services, it's been done uh, log sheets. Uh, people are handwriting in and out with the time in and out, and it gets cumbersome just on the volume of paper, um, as well as identifying actual names. Well, yeah, I was going to say the sometimes those scribbles don't. You know, it's eight in the morning, and you're rushing to get to the site. Your uh, your handwriting isn't the best at eight in the morning. That's sometimes. correct. And it, and and what it does is it it keeps everything very transparent. Um, there's no, uh, you know, once you're, once you're logged into the system and you log in and out, it's very easy. Uh, it saves time uh, in and out. So really it's cost effective for the insurers and our clients uh, to go that route. Yeah, it seems, uh, that seems just the next logical step, right? That's right. It's, it's the next kind of evolution of, uh, of the log sheets. And it's something you normally see at corporations. Uh, where you go in, you sign in. If you're a guest, they take a picture. You wear the badge, so it prints out that that yeah, badge yeah. for you. And just stick it onto your uh, on your jacket. No, that's great, and it and it's a really efficient way of tracking the timing too. Then I would say so. There's no guess that this guy was here when it happened. He logged out at four o'clock. He passed the gate, the fence. He was gone, and then you can worry about the next people that were still within the boundary. Correct, and the fact that the picture is on his jacket, you can match it to his face. Oh, so you guys are actually doing to, pictures? Yeah, it's a picture that's printed out. You oh, actually okay. take a selfie. With it's the, just uh, not a barcode. No, it's a QR code, but beside it is the picture of the Oh, individual. wow, okay, so yeah. it's right, that's, we're talking right up there, okay. And you can put additional information, uh, for example, if it's a, an apartment building, is that a resident or a contractor? You can add that part too. And can it be that they're only allowed in specific areas as well? So can it define use and occupy, like use and area? Absolutely, so you 
you can, uh, if it's a contractor that's only supposed to be on the first floor, uh, you can mark that on okay. the badge. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And this is all part of ESM's now new kind of expanded what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just one thing to, uh, to help us grow. Uh, and it's been very successful. And the adjusters and anyone that's used it love it. So it I'm going to ask you, because I've been asking all of the other uh, SCM companies, do you know what your net promoter score is, your NPS? Well, we, <laughs> it's off the charts. Uh, no, it, it's very good. I think we're up in the, uh, I want to say the 70 range, 70 or 80 range. That's good. I mean, uh, you're not as good as Perio Quantify because they're hitting 88 and I was just like. Oh, sorry. I meant 89. Oh, did you? Oh, there we go. Nice. Uh, so I, and, and I laugh because the industry standard is nowhere near that from the insurance side. So the fact that you guys are 70s and 80s, and I, I don't know exactly where you are because you're both chuckling. Um, so, but the fact that you guys are that well, doing that well from your client standpoint, just speaks volumes to how good you guys are really doing it and killing it in the industry. One of the good things, as big as we are, you'll never have to call and push one to talk to any of us. You've got our cell number. If there's any issues, we will certainly take care of them. And yeah, that's, and I, that's and I, one thing we, we pride ourselves on. Yeah, and I, I can say that about Xperia. I, I know because I've got, uh, I've got my contact in eastern Ontario, and if I need to reach anybody, I just call Paul McParlin, and he'll answer at dinner and wherever he is. <laughs> he's just a great guy that way. And I know I bother him on the weekends and stuff, but he does answer. So I think it's just the fact that I've been around so long he's... And I have the podcast that he won't not answer. Well, a part of it is we don't want to just be providers. We want to be partners. So yeah, no, I'm just if, teasing. If you, don't, if you don't look good based on what we did, then uh, you know, we're not doing our job. Yeah, no, no, I was just teasing. Paul's great. <laughs> Where um, is that Paul? Um, Paul, so Paul doesn't answer my calls, so. you gotta, you got to just uh, clone my number, apparently. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for being on the podcast. It was wonderful. Before we go, how do we reach you guys at uh, Xperian ESM? Is there a, a toll-free number? Is there an email address? What are we looking at? And so ESM has a 24-7 number. So a lot of these uh, property losses come in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, uh, fires don't just happen between 8 and 4, I know. They're usually yep. when people aren't there. Yep. Uh, so the number is one eight eight eight. 842-8109. Okay. And they will answer 24-7, as I said. And uh, as for Xperia, we also have a 1-800 uh, a number. So that is uh, 1-800-253-1666. Either that or email any one of us, uh, and we will definitely take care of you. Is there a general email for Xperia or ESM? Do you know? Or? It would be... We would do uh, so brett.burke at expera.ca, chad.hanlon at expera.ca. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us. So, however, if you go to our website, you can, uh, you can certainly click on uh, any link there, and that'll take you to where you need to be. Well, Brent, Chad, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I uh, really appreciate your time. I know you guys are busy with your booth, but uh, we want to thank you immensely for being a, a sponsor with the podcast this year. And uh, we look forward to finding out more about Experiment SEM as the year goes on. And uh, thank you very much and uh, have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks very much, guys, for listening to this podcast. We'll be back next week with another Out and About. Um, and hopefully I'm going to get somebody on the podcast later today and we can give those tickets away. So have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon.